Well, welcome, church family. It's sure nice to be here. I would clap for you today because I've been watching you for about three or four weeks, learning all that I can about Circle Drive. And uh, so I'm excited to be here today. Now, I know there have been a couple of changes today, and you have to blame me for that. You're wearing a name tag, yes, at my request. Will you humor me today? I want to take a picture with you and your family, and the reason why I want your name tag there is because I want to be able, when I print the pictures and use it as my prayer guide, that I'll be able to remember your names and put names and faces together. It's a way that I can get to know you right away. So please, even if you don't like taking your picture, I'm not publishing them, so you're all good. But after the service, I'd encourage you to just find me. We, I've already got about seven pictures of people who've already said yes to that, so I'm excited about that. Uh, you, you will probably have been given some sermon notes or message notes on the way in. That's just the way I teach. I'm a teacher-preacher. Um, that's why I sit, I don't, because when I stand, I get preachy. I don't like being preachy. So follow along, if you can, with, uh, with the message notes. And uh, I trust there'll be a blessing to you as you review them this week. And, and, uh, and also, we've changed a little bit at the ending, so don't dart out too quick. Just warning you. Okay? You all right? When I'm usually starting in a ministry, I say, when you know it, you heard me, you just say, got it. So did you hear me? Got it. Good. All right, let's go. If you got your sermon notes, let's pull them out together. I'm glad to be with you here today. And know many of you have come to be encouraged meeting your friends and hearing God's word. For Cheryl and I, we have the privilege and joy for us to be able to serve you this year. Cheryl will not be here a lot. She'll be coming in Thanksgiving. She has a job. She has children. We have children. We have grandchildren. And um, she lets me leave the house. That's how it works. So today I want to start the series called God, Where Are You? Now, thousands of people traveled down a difficult road this past week. And many have journeyed through several months of challenges, and, and they've been trying to manage the journey ahead of them. So the question that I have this morning is, how do you maneuver a difficult road in your life? For some of you here today, the road that you've had to walk this past week has been tough. Out of the blue, the yogurt hit the fan and nearly knocked you into the ditch. And one thing I know that over, you know, 35 plus years of being a leader in a church is that I have no idea of the journey that you've been on, the path that you have taken, the challenges or the bumps in the roads that you're traveling on today. And I don't assume that I know. There are very few times when I get invited, like I did this past week, into the joys and sorrows of the individuals, of people that I get the honor to serve. And when I do, I get an insight into the hurts and the habits and the high points in people's lives. And this morning, I want to discover how to maneuver a difficult road, and I need to find out the road that you're traveling on this morning. For some of you, life is perfect, so you have no worries. Some of you will get that later. 
for others of us. We have had surprises that catch us off guard. But before we start, I want to explain to you that we all have a common thread today. Every one of us has a common thread. And when I speak to people, whether I'm speaking in a church or whether I'm speaking for an organization, I recognize that there's some subjects that I don't connect with everybody because it's not a common thread. But the common thread that we all have together today is pain. I know every one of you has a pain story. Now, how many of you have had pain in your life? Put up your hand. Okay, let me see. Make sure, let me see. How many of you are sitting next to that pain? Put up, no, don't put up your hand. <laughs> Make sure you listen, or we'll be counseling afterwards. <laughs> Today, I want to lay the groundwork for the several weeks of messages that I'm going to be sharing with you. The, the bad news is that we've all experienced pain. The good news is that since we're here, we're all in it together. We don't have to walk alone. Let me explain. Think of a time when you were in your deepest, darkest hole of pain. Now I know you can go there in a heartbeat, because I can too. Now ponder these questions for a moment this morning. What emotion did you feel the greatest? How did others react to your pain? Where did you look for help? If you're like me, you felt alone. If you were like me, you you were surprised at how many of your closest friends felt distant. And if you're like me, you know that you looked around for someone to lend you a hand as you were walking through this pain, painful journey. The Apostle Paul experienced the same emotions and support. His life was anything but easy if you study him. He recounts a composite list of his difficult roads If you have your Bible, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, but just listen, verse 24. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. And if you understand, the 40th one would have killed you. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. So what can we learn from Paul? Sounds like he's had roads like some of us have had. How can his experiences help you and I walk down a difficult path? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lean over and tell your neighbor you're going to learn something today. Lean over. You're going to get used to this. Lean over and tell them you're going to learn something today. Now lean back and say it's about time. (laughs) All right, in your notes, here we go. This is our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is an incredible passage of scripture, and I'm going to use the message this morning just because it has a different, in, interpret, not a different interpretation, but a, just a different way of saying it. All praise to the God and Father of, of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more 
so then the good times of his healing comfort. And we get a full measure of that too. So how do we maneuver a difficult road? A friend of mine back east was walking a challenging road today. He pastored the same church for over 30 years and then he had to step away from the pulpit due to his failing health. He had terminal cancer. It was a difficult road. You see, every one of us at some point is going to be faced with walking down a difficult road. When going down a difficult road, we often ask and want the answer to the question, why? Have you ever asked that? Why, Lord? Why has this happened to me? Why did I lose my job? Why did my spouse walk out on me? Why does this happen? Well, don't be discouraged because Jesus did the very same thing. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer to that question of why, if you want to write it down in your notes, why equals sin. The reason why Jesus had to experience this was because of the sin that he was going to carry for us. So the question we need to be asking this morning is, where do I go from here? You see, you cannot change your direction, your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. You may be going down a road of self-pity, having a pity poor me party. You may be going down the road of addiction, making excuses for all your poor choices. But today I believe this message could alter your world if you would let the Spirit of God lead you. So regardless of your difficult road, you can choose the right path today. And when you and I are walking down a lonely road of pain, we need to do these four things. So follow along with me with your notes. Number one, you need to partner with someone who knows your experiences. When I was walking down my difficult road, I had a public school friend who lived in the same city as I did, even though we grew up in Ontario, introduced me to a man who knew the pain that I was in. He understood the road that I was traveling on. Over that evening, we established a friendship to this very day is very, very near and dear to me. The bad news is I heard on that cold January winter evening was this. Pardon me, that's the best news I heard, but not the bad news. The best news was he said, Bob, here's my cell number, here's my house number. Anytime you need to talk or yell, I'm here for you. When you're walking down a difficult road, what you need in your notes is you need helping hands. When you are walking down a difficult road filled with pain, sorrow, or rejection, you want someone who knows your pain, who knows your journey, who knows how to give you hope. We were never created to walk this road again alone. Listen to Solomon, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third because a three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped? When you face the worst with a friend, my friends, that's so true. You can face it. God in his mercy brought a trickle of people into my life that became my lifelines. 
And I knew a text would get answered. I knew my call would always be taken. There were times when I was lonely? Absolutely. But when you go through these dark times, you need a partner with another person of the same sex who has trod where your feet are now treading. My friends said so many inspirational things to me when we would get together. And when I was at my lowest point, he said to me, Bob, I promise you that you will laugh again. Not today, but someday. I promise you that you will love again. Not today, but someday. If I may, let me give you a very practical piece of advice. When you're walking down a difficult road, be careful who you walk with. Dr. Henry Cloud, great author, great Christian brother, said this, who you surround yourself has more bearing on whether or not you will make it than the plan does. You need to pick a wise one. You need to pick a proven one. You need to pick a godly one. And here's what I know about the person you pick. They need to have stood where you're standing now because they are proof that you can thrive, not just survive. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. Number two, the second thing you need to do is acknowledge that this is new territory for you. This is a reality. Even for you, this is new territory for you. As I was meeting with the board and as I was meeting with the district team and we were working through all the details, I've gone through seven different trans transitions. I've been where you have been with the beginning of every church that I have served. I know what's coming. You don't know, but I know. For some of you watching or listening this morning, you've never walked down this road before. You maybe have only, you're very confused perhaps, and this may be challenging to you. You may be young in your faith. You may have only known one pastor or two. But friend, do not despair. God is in control and knows how you feel right now, today. This may be new territory for you, but it's not new territory for God. It may feel like God is silent, but the fact is that he's still at work. And when it's new, in your notes, it would be best to have a guide, not a travel agent. This partners with the first part. You need to help with the proper support. When I travel to a foreign country like Israel, and I just absolutely love Israel, I'm not going to put my trust in a pamphlet or a video that I watch online. I will only trust someone who's been there, who knows the landscape, who the, knows the pitfalls, knows the dangers, knows the hidden jewels that no one else knows. And when I went to Israel for the very first time, I trusted completely my tour leader and my local tour guide. They'd been there together nine times before as a group, and the tour guide lived there for 60 years, and he was responsible for all of the travel guides in all of Israel. I figured he knew his stuff. But does that guarantee a perfect trip? No. But it will ensure you that you and I can be confident that someone else has gone that way before. Friends, people will let you down. And many of you, your pain is associated with the actions that other people have taken. But I know this, you're, you have an ultimate guide 
You need to need, but you need to know Jesus with skin on, who's walked this way before. You see, the scriptures are full of transitions. The book of Joshua is a new pathway of Joshua. He, he always walked alongside of Moses, and now Moses was dead. Now in obedience to the Lord telling Joshua to cross the Jordan River, the leaders of the people of Israel tell the many who were born while wandering in the desert. Remember, whole generation died in the desert. And this new generation had never seen and experienced the power of God. But listen to these words in Joshua chapter 3. Since you have never traveled this way before. They, the priests, will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure that you don't come any closer. When you are walking down a difficult road, you need a few key people to walk alongside you and keep you from making poor choices. Which leads me to the next point. Thirdly, you need to trust God to give you help. Several months back, I heard an interview with one of the most popular worship leaders and artists, Toby Mack. Great, great worship leader. He told the difficult road that he was traveling, having surgery on his vocal cords. There was a good chance that he would never sing again. Just think about this. You're a singer, and you've got a problem with your vocal cords, and it could go bad. After six months of rest and healing, he recorded the song called You Are My Everything. It's a fantastic song. You should listen to it. And when you're facing an obstacle and there's no other options, there's one thing to say that God is your everything. But when you walk a difficult path, you discover that Jesus is your only thing. For you and I to trust God to give us help, we must believe he is able. And when everything is shaky, in your notes, we need unwavering faith. When everything in my life was out of my control, and by the way, when the yogurt hits the fan in your life, you will quickly realize that we all live under the illusion that we are in control. Amen? Hi, my name is Bob. I'm a recovering control freak. I know. How many of you like it when you have things under control? Put up your hand. We all do. Now, the rest of you are just kidding yourself. Now, let me help you this morning. Put your hand back up, but just raise one finger like this. Raise it high. Okay, follow along. Just, you're going to learn this. this. I want to teach you a simple lesson today. Are you ready? I want to teach you what you really have control over. Now, take that finger and bring it right into your chest. Look at me. Hold it there. Hold it there. The only person you have control over is you. And some of your stress in your life is trying to control other people. Now just look at me, don't look at your neighbor. You only have control over your thoughts. You only have control over your actions. Only you have control over your attitudes. And only you have control over your behavior. And when I begin focusing on where God was demonstrating he was in control, life changed for me. Some incidences occurred that only God could orchestrate. I could tell you stories. When these circumstances appeared, I would say, look at you, God. 
Only you could do this. And I would write a single word in my journal, and the word was giggle. Because whenever I saw God doing things that only he could do, it made me giggle. I'm sorry, I'm a very deep person. Let me let you in on a secret. When you understand that there's very little in this world that you have control over, your life begins to fill with peace. When you travel a difficult road and you hang on to God's hand and you trust his leadership in your life, life becomes very comical and fun. And even when you're on a rough stretch of the road, sometimes you will just burst out laughing because it's only God. You and I get to choose. We can't decide what happens to us, but you can control how you react to those circumstances. Henry Ward Beecher said it this way, every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold, of it with, the, take hold with the handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. We have to trust God to take the next step. You and I must learn that the Christian life is all about trusting God. Everything about your life is about trusting God. When we trust God for everything, he gives us the strength to carry on. So are you weary today? Are you in a place of in-between? Are you dragging your heels trying to move forward? Are you living on your last thread? Let these words seep into your soul and give you peace. They're in your notes. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Trusting leads to strength. Stressing leads to weaknesses. Trusting leads to soaring. Stressing leads to nosediving. Trusting leads us to walking tall. Stressing leads us to hang our head. The outcome depends solely on your decision to trust God or not. And can I say this to you this morning? If God is going to do a work in this church, we've got to trust him. You've got to hang in there. You've got to be here to see what God is going to do. So when everything in you and all the voices you hear say, oh, I don't want to go back, don't heed that. Come back and see what God wants to do. Very few people who look at the difficult road they're traveling on use it as an opportunity to go deeper with God. And some won't. COVID was a perfect example of that. It was the great separator. It separated those who were kicking tires from those who actually had a deep, deep faith in God. But you see, we're not responsible for their reaction, but only for our reaction. Listen to the words of my friend and mentor, John Maxwell. Pain prompts us to face where, who we are and where we are. What we do with that experience defines who we become. What are you becoming as you walk on this difficult road that you're walking on? Someone has said the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. 
It's all about what you're made of, not your circumstances. It was not going to be, I was not going to be defined by my pain. I was going to use my pain for something greater. So let's review something together this morning. Partner with someone who knows your experience. Acknowledge that this is new territory for you. Trust God to give you help. And lastly, help others find hope. I was not going to be defined by my pain. I was going to be used my pain for a greater greater purpose to give other people hope. And here's what I know about the difficult road that you're traveling on today. You may feel like you're the only one walking this path, but this is the truth. There are many others who are walking this path before you. They have healed, they have learned, they have grown, they have moved on, and they have been your guide, and you at some point can be somebody else's guide. So in your notes, you need to find a purpose in your pain. Friends, the tendency for all of us on this path is to ask why. And this leads us to being frustrated and struck, stuck. Pardon me. And tell you, I'll tell you what, my journals are filled with why. But then I realized we must move from the question why to the question what. What is the purpose of this pain? What is it that I need to do so that you can transform me? What is it that I can see through to help other people? You may not know the answer to that question today, but that's okay. But here's what I want you to know. Your life experience is or will be your education for a ministry of hope to others. If I had 30 minutes with you, and I listened to your story, I could tell you how God has equipped you for ministry and you don't have to go to Bible college. God has already taught you. God has already brought you through it. God has given you wisdom. God has given you an insight. God has given you a perspective that nobody else will understand. Let, can, can I be so simplistic that the purpose of your pain is to help others in their pain? Do you know, we could transform the world if we just got that. Let me give an example. Whenever I would come alongside a family who experienced a death, something very interesting would happen. While the widower or widow would greet people at the public viewing or just before the funeral service, they would receive the deep love and affection from many people who have made their way to the service to pay their respects. Now, that's not uncommon. But I also observed something else. You see, when the next person in the church would experience a loss, usually the first person to the funeral home was the widow or the widower who just had to stand beside a casket the last time. Now, why was that? Well, I had, to, I had the same question you do, so I asked a couple of them, and they both said virtually the same thing, and here's what they said. I remember how it felt when people visited me in my loss I wanted to be there for this person. I know the shoes that they're walking in. At some point, our lives are going to be touched by death, divorce, disease, disappointment. Life happens. We live in a fallen world. 
But think for a moment of the impact you could have on others in this church or even in your neighborhood or even in this city if you would just show up someday and say, I'm sorry you're going through this. I know the path that you're on. If you want, I'll walk alongside you. Do you want to know where you're most effective reach, how we can most effectively reach people? Do you want to see God use you in ways that would surprise even you? Do you know you already have the training that you need to do it? Allow God to bring people walking the same path that you have walked in your life. It's that simple. You see, I'm deeply committed to praying. In fact, my passage this morning was from Mark. It was the story of Jesus falling asleep in the boat, and the disciples lose their mind, and he gets up and calms the storm and says, don't you have the right faith yet? And I thought, Lord... What an interesting passage for me to read this morning. God already knows how you can glorify him with your life. I love this quote, it's in your notes, faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel. Still not convinced? That's okay. Let me read another passage in your notes. He comforts us every time we have trouble so that when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. When you face troubles, God said, trust me. The partner who knows your pain says, trust me, it will get better. When it does get better, when somebody else faces the same road similar to yours, introduce them to the God who is trustworthy and give them the hope to carry on like you did. That's what it's like to be Jesus. Friends, I don't know your journey today, but God does. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul said it starts with the comfort that God has given you. Now, if you're here this morning and you're walking down the road of divorce, don't walk alone. This Tuesday, we have a ministry called Divorce Care Starting. Please join others and travel together. Be with the people who walked that journey before to help you get to the other end. That's the next step. Have you placed your faith and trust in the one who can only give you comfort on the inside? You see, you and I were not created to walk this path alone, so trust me, I invite you to place your faith and your path in his hands together. Will you bow your head with me this morning? I want to pray for you. Worship team, won't you come? God of all comfort, thank you that we don't have to walk alone on our difficult road. Thank you for a church family who will walk with us, pray with us, love us unconditionally. God, help us to never waste our pain, but to look to you to find a purpose. And today you have given a path for us to walk on. Grant us the courage to take your hand and the hand of those next to us 
and trust you to lead us today and the days ahead. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.